0: He said, every time you get up to preach, says, I just noticed that, you know, you uh, just before you preach, you go always bow your head for a minute and your your lips move and, and then you look up and then you start your preaching. He says, why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? And so his uh, grandpa said, well, you know, um, I just want to bless the people. I always want to, you know, bless the people, be sure that, you know, that I have something that will really speak to them. So I just bow my head real quick and just ask the Lord just one last time, Lord, just please use me, Jesus, just use me and give me something that will really bless the people. And then, you know, then I'm ready to do it and uh, to preach. And then, so the little grandson thought for a bit, he says, well, Papa, why doesn't he ever help you? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I hope you know I'm praying that God will help me this morning. Hallelujah. I tell you what let's do. Let's get started with a good confession of faith. Would you just take your Bible and let's say it together. Thank you, Lord, for your word. You, Lord, for your word. I receive my Bible receive my as God speaking to me. God. Therefore, I hear from God when I study my Bible. I understand his word by the Holy Spirit who lives within me. He lives within me. Today, as I hear the word, my faith will be energized. I confess, I'll not only hear it, I'll also do it. Because I hear it, and I do it, my life won't stay the same. Thank you, Lord, for your life-changing, ever-living, miracle-working word. In Jesus' name, I make this confession. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just looked down on the front of my Bible as I was doing that. And uh, I have the names of our little orphans on the front of my Bible here. And uh, let's just say a special blessing over them. Over Juwan and Bikish and Stephen and Binky and Rahan and Priscilla and Bima, praise the Lord, and Phoebe and Benita and Stella, amen. Lord, we just speak a special blessing over them today. Just bless them, O oh God. Thank you that you're just ministering to them and uh, raising them up in the, in the light of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you today about a time for healing. A time for healing. So if you're taking notes, you can or, you know, whatever. But you might want to write that at your, your top there. Um, a time for healing. You know, every one of us find ourselves... At some time, at some point, uh, in, need of, in, in need of a healing touch from the Lord. I know, that, um, I know I'm no exception, but I, I, I find myself that way. And perhaps you're even here today, and uh, you find yourself in a situation where that you, you, you need um, a touch in your body. Or maybe you have a family member that needs a touch in your body from the Lord. I just want to talk to you about that today, a time for healing. Praise the Lord. So I got two scriptures that, um, that will serve as our, our launching off point. The first one is in Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. And then I'm going to go to Acts chapter 4. But first in Luke chapter 5, in verse 17 says, It happened on a certain day that Jesus was teaching. And there were Pharisees and teachers of the lost sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And the power, say that with me, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. It was, he was present. The power of the Lord, the dunamis of the Lord, the, was present to cure, to heal, to make them whole. The second scripture is in Acts chapter 4. And of course the background to this passage uh, is a, a lame man who had been healed and, uh, and so in, with the disciples because they did it on the Sabbath day and the uh, disciples got in trouble about it and uh, they were arrested. They were um, told that they could never preach in the name of Jesus again. They went back to their company of faith and they began to pray. And so this, this is part of the prayer. And in verse 29 it says, Now, Lord, look on their threats. And grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word, by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Look on us, O God. See us, O God. And grant to us," he said in verse twenty-nine. "Grant to us boldness that we may speak your word. And and what was the evidence? Verse thirty is basically we said this way is is grant to us this power by bearing witness, by showing a proof. Give us evidence of the truth of the word, O oh Lord, by stretching out your hand to heal and to performing signs and wonders. Amen. I want to talk for a little while about this, this time, a time to heal. And then I want to prepare you for something because I, I just feel like the, the Lord... I dropped this in my, in my heart to do. After I preach this, I'm, I'm going to make an invitation. Anyone who's needing prayer for a healing in your bodies or perhaps to someone close to you that you could go and you could, you could touch, that you could be that instrument of, the, of, of transmission, so to speak of a healing touch from God, I'm going to make an invitation for you to come down and we're going to pray the prayer of faith over you. And, uh, and we're just going to make opportunity for the Holy Spirit to minister to you today and for Jesus to minister. You know, if you don't ever make opportunity, you'll never get it. You get what you make opportunity for. And I feel like the, the Lord wants to make an opportunity today to touch us in this way. I was, uh, just, just meditating. I've been meditating on, on this, uh, that the Lord put in my heart today and uh, just all week, and I was just thinking, you know, here we are, we've come together, uh, looking around this congregation, we worship together, we've, we've fellowshiped somewhat for a little bit together, we've, we've prayed together, we've enjoyed each other's company. But I want to remind you of something this morning, and that is that you and I, as a congregation, we're not the only beings that are here today. We're not the only people that are in this place of worship. There's also, in this place of worship, a totally unseen world. An unseen world that is spirit in nature. But it is so real. But it is, it's, we don't see it. We don't, we don't necessarily, we don't always feel it. We don't smell it. We don't touch it, you know, in a tangible way. But it's real. There is an unseen world that is here today. We are literally... Involved, or we're at least two dimensions a natural dimension, a physical dimension, where we enjoy the fellowship of one another. But there's also another dimension that is here, it's a spiritual dimension. In fact, the reason, if you were to search your heart today, you you may not have consciously thought of this, but the reason, really, the real reason that you and I are here today is that we somehow have desired to contact that other world. We have somehow desired that we could touch it, that we could feel it, that we could, be, that we could be affected by the other world. That that spirit world would somehow touch our lives. That God in the spirit world would come help, somehow touch our lives. We should never be afraid of things or, or, you know, when things are truly of a spiritual nature. You know, why should we, why should we draw back? Why should we, you know, be embarrassed? Of, because truly... Any Sunday morning that you come, any Wednesday night or any service time that you come, if you were to be really introspective and really honest with yourself, the reason is that you want to be touched by that spirit world. And if you're not wanting to be touched by that spirit world, then you're just in of religion, desire of religion. You're just, you know, you're just wanting a club. You're just wanting, you can get that other, other ways. But that's not what we're here for this morning. In this world of the spirit, There are all kinds of things that are going on in the world of the spirit. The Bible says that they are beings that are alive and well, and they're functioning and moving. You know, this morning, think with me this morning, there are angels right here. There are angels here in this place today. My angels here, your angels here. We know at least, at least that, but we know that there are millions, trillions of angels. And so many are here this morning. The Bible says in Hebrews, the first chapter and the 14th verse, that God has sent them out. They are ministering spirits and they've been sent out to do ministry for those that are heirs, to be heirs unto salvation. Our angels are here. Praise the Lord. The spirit of the the Holy Spirit is here. Amen. And so, you know, uh, that's that's why we're that's why we're uh, that's why we're here. Praise God. But there's also someone. Else that's present here this morning and this is what I mean I want this to get inside your heart. I'm praying oh God help us to enter into that realm of the spirit because that's where our real help is. But there's someone else here this morning is greater than any person that's here. You may have come and you have a great title, you have a great position, maybe you're a a CEO, maybe you head a big company, multi-million dollar company, or maybe you have a political title, but you know there's someone that's greater than any human being that is here. There's someone that's greater than any angel. I don't care if Michael were to be here, if Gabriel were to be here, you know the ones that are noted in the scripture, there's someone that is even greater than, than that. And that someone is the Lord Jesus Christ. The presence of the Lord is here. His power is here. And his power is here to heal. As well as do so many other things for us. You know, Jesus told his disciples at one point, he said, listen, anytime, at least when two or three are gathered in my name. I'm right there in the midst of them. When you gather in the name, he's teaching his disciples that when we come together together. To worship. We come together to fellowship. When we come together to, to hear the word of Almighty God. When we come together in His name, in other words, in the context and, and focusing on the name of the Lord Christ, we are Christians coming together, praise the Lord, cons- con- con- uh, uh, consisting or, or making up the church, which is His body. He says, I'm right there in the midst of it. Amen. God, who is holy, dwells in the praises of his people. In Psalms chapter 22. God, who is holy, he dwells in the praises of his people. Praise the Lord. And so, you know, when we, when we come and, and we worship the Lord, and we have done that this morning, we praise the Lord to whatever degree that you were able to enter in, that as we praise the Lord, that we literally have welcomed his presence. And he says he inhabits those praises. He lives in those praises. And somehow, somehow he is here by the power of the Holy Spirit with us today. Now, you may have felt it. You may not have felt it. But regardless of whether you have felt God or not, felt, just like you haven't I don't think most of you have seen into the spirit this morning. You haven't seen all the angels that are here, have you? Maybe somebody, I don't know. I haven't yet. I'd like to. I have seen them in other times, you know what I'm saying? But whether I've seen them or not, I know that they're here. And whether I I have felt just, you know, big rush of the presence of God, I know that Jesus is here. Why? Because he says that he comes whenever we gather in his name. Amen? Praise the Lord. Isn't that good news? praise God. Just take a minute and just thank him. Let's just lift our hands and just thank him. Lord, we just thank you that you're here. We just thank you, O Lord, that your presence is here. The Holy Spirit is here. And although physically, as we would say, O God, you're there in heaven at the right hand of the Father, but we know even as being God, you are everywhere at all times. And we know, Lord, that because of the way that you've explained it to us in scriptures, you are here by the power of the Holy Spirit. Your presence is here to be felt by the Spirit of Christ. Praise the Lord, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we are so thankful for it. In Jesus' name, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Now, what should you think with me for a minute? If Jesus is here, what what is it? What do you think about when you think about Jesus? What do you think about? How, do, how does how does what's the image that you have when you think about Jesus? You know, there's a place. In fact, we've been studying a little bit on Wednesdays about it. But there's a place in the New Testament where Jesus. I asked his disciples one day, and he, he said, um, he said, tell me, he said, who do you, who do men say that I am? And so they began to tell him, you know, and they shared all the scuttlebutt. Well, this is what the rumor is. You said there was, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, Elisha, say so you're this prophet or that prophet. And then after it, that had gone on, he stopped them and he says, OK, but who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Of course, you know the story. Then uh, Peter had the great revelation that God gave him. And he says, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And uh, he tells him about how he's going to build a church upon that revelation. But who do you say I am? I I just wonder how what what kind of a picture do you have of Jesus this morning? When we talk about he's in this place, he's here. Do you see him? Maybe when you imagine him, do you see him just sitting on the throne? He is that he's sitting on the throne or maybe do you see him you know as he's teaching and preaching i think uh, sometimes we have all of these pictures of jesus that uh, the artists have created over all of the years and their own imagination maybe he's there i remember when i was in when monica and i were in in uh, in israel and we were up around the sea of galilee and and uh, uh, just letting my imagination go wild i could you know you just see him Kind of like the artist say, you know, in his flowing white robe, in his long flowing hair. But he's there preaching, you know what I'm saying. But we see, sometimes we just see him as a preacher and a a teacher. And uh, it's an image that we have. Or maybe we see him, you know, as he took authority over different aspects of nature. Jesus was into doing miracles. They were a daily part of his life. Amen. Uh, like the day that he, he started out his ministry and he, and he turned the water into wine. That was, a, that was one of those wow days. Or the day that he walked on the water. That was a wow day. You know, he, he had his disciples so, so afraid they thought that uh, a ghost had come out. Or the day that he stood up in the ship, the boat, you know, and he commanded the waves, the wind to stop. And uh, the waves didn't settle down. Uh, maybe you see him from that standpoint as a miracle worker. Or maybe you, you think of him, I like to think of him sometimes as the day that he had been preaching and, and uh, that nobody had anything to eat. And so he, he asked for, well, what do we have? And this little boy, um, I always believe he voluntarily gave up his fish and his loaves because I just can't hardly see the disciples being thieves going and stealing his stuff. So he gave his offering of the fish and the loaves and Jesus began to break that. He began to do miracles. Think about it with me. Jesus did miracles all the time. He did miracles every day. Everywhere he went. In fact, when people's lives crossed, there was an intersection of their life and his life. What happened? There became an opportunity. An opportunity for a miracle happened right there whenever their paths would, would cross. And Jesus just began to break the, those uh, five loaves and two fish and he fed 5,000 people there. Maybe you see him that way. There's all kinds of ways. But I I think when I imagine the Lord mostly, the thing that I see about him the most is the compassion that he had and the love that he had towards the people who would come to him when he lived on this earth that had a need. There were people just read the four gospels this morning, earlier this morning. I was just going through the different miracles, all of the things that Jesus did. One miracle after another miracle after another miracle after another miracle, after another miracle. This is the story of his life. The story of his life is, is reaching out to people, is touching people, and healing people. This was so natural for him. It was so normal for him. Anytime somebody who had a need, when their life crossed his path, it was just normal. It was natural. I'm talking about the one that's here this morning. I'm talking about the one whose presence is still here today. Amen. He's here by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the blind man would come. Cross his path, Jesus did a miracle. The lame people do a miracle. He was always doing something, healing a sick person or healing someone who had a broken heart or, or using the power of God to expel the, the devils. All kinds of hurting people seeking, seeking his help. Cripple people. And the scriptures are very explicit. They describe how they're the cripples, you know, with their, uh, the, their ankles or their legs or, or, or withered arms and withered hands, that the cripples, as he would come and he would, and he would use the power of God and minister to them, that those things would just become. Leopards would be healed. That's any kind of skin diseases would be healed. Sores would be healed. Tumors would be healed. Cancers would be healed. There was one one woman woman who uh, had had four divorces. He healed the divorced woman and helped her find God. You remember the woman at the well? Four divorces. He was relevant with the times. Amen. That There was another woman that uh, was, they got the woman, they should have brought the guy too, but was in, in, in an adultery. They said, oh, you know, we caught, caught her right in adultery here, you know. Um, which I don't know that our society knows anymore what adultery means. But any, come on now. But it, I'm, that's a rabbit trail, by the way. But anyway, you know, there was relationships going on outside of marriage, which, got, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't right. And anyway, but what did he do? He didn't, you know, he didn't stone her. He healed her. He healed her. He gave her a, a new life. People with seizures. People would bring their children children to him. I, 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 there's two scriptures that are just so powerful. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 24. It talks about Jesus as he lived on this earth. It says the news about him spread all over Syria. and they, And the people brought to him... All who were sick with various diseases, all who were sick with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them. I, I, I'm talking about how do we see this, Jesus, a time for healing here. In Matthew chapter 15, and verse 30, it says, And then, then great multitudes... Great crowds came to him, having with them the lame and the blind and the the mute and the maimed and many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. Hallelujah. When I think about Jesus, I think about a healing Jesus. I think about a Jesus that's filled with compassion. I am, you say, well, pastor, you're just, you know, you're just painting this over the top picture. That's what I wish I could paint for you this morning. I wish I could paint for you this over the top picture because that's the way Jesus is. And we put him down into this little thing like he's just a little human being. But everywhere Jesus went, when people intersected, when there was an intersection of a a person with a need in their life and Jesus Christ. There was an opportunity created that healing could happen. And Jesus would heal them. Can I have an amen? Everywhere he went. I, I, I mean, think about it. Even, even there was a, a story of the, the widow of, of the town of Nain up in, up in the Galilee. And there's, he stops a funeral and heals her son. He, he brings him back to life. He, he, he brought Lazarus back to life, the brother of, of Mary and Martha. He, he, was, he went everywhere he went. He would preach. He would preach the love of God. And then he would teach to them how to come to know God. He would teach them the kingdom of God. He would heal their sick. And he would cast out devils. And he would, tell you, he would say weird things. Crazy things like, you know, with, with men it's impossible. That, you know, that can never happen. But with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. There's a story in Mark chapter 9. Where Jesus heals an epileptic child. And the, the, I'll just tell the story and we'll, we'll maybe read a little bit of it in a minute. But uh, Jesus says, for whatever reason, the Bible doesn't really tell us, but why he was away from his disciples, but it said that he came and met his disciples. And when he came and, uh, and, and was uh, met up with them, um, the, the, he found them in this big dispute. There was this uh, this big conversation going on with, with people. And so he, he, he kind of broke in and he, and he asked, you know, what's going on? What, what's all the wrangling about here? And in Mark 9, verse 17, it says, One of the men in the crowd spoke up and he said, Teacher, I brought my son for you to heal. He can't talk because he's possessed by a demon. And whenever the demon is in control of him... It dashes him to the ground. It makes him foam at the mouth and grind his teeth, and he becomes all rigid. It's like this is a picture of a seizure. And I begged your disciples to cast out this demon, but they just couldn't do it. Well, what was Jesus to do? Oh, well, that's so sad. You know, I don't know. No, Jesus just moves in what is normal, what is natural. When there is a crossing, I'll oh, get that in your mind, whenever you have a need. You need you need to make a cross, you need to contact. You need you need to make an encounter with the Lord Jesus, who's always present with you. He's not only just here at this church. He's with you every day and every, all the time. Can I have an amen this morning? Amen. What did what was Jesus to do? In verse 20, he says he 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 said, uh, "Bring him to me. Bring him to me." And they brought the child to him, and, he's, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit, isn't that just like the devil? Immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground, and he wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And so he asked the father, he says, how long has this been happening to him? You know, can you just imagine, get yourself in the situation. It's, these are just words that describe a real-life thing. I mean, Jesus has to be just sitting and watching this, and this kid's wallowing around on the ground under the influence and the power of a demon Jesus says, man, how long has this been going on? He said, man, this has been happening ever since he was a child, ever since he was a little child. And so he said, listen, this this devil will come on him and it will throw him to the ground and tries to throw him in the fire and tries to throw him in the water. And and it tries to, to destroy him. And then he says, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us have compassion on us and Jesus turned it around and he says well if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes if you can believe that was one of that was one of the messages that Jesus preached and and, and I I am convinced that he wants that message to resound inside us. We are to be so convinced of that same message in the 21st century that that there is nothing that you run into. There is no problem that you're going to face that Jesus doesn't have a way to heal it, amen, to fix it and to correct it. May your faith rise this morning. May all of our faith be stirred this morning to realize he's still alive and well and he's still able to heal. Glory to God. He's still able to heal. He still wants to heal. So he said, listen, let's, let's turn this around. Uh, in other words, my doing depends on your believing. My doing depends on your believing. I can help him. I can help him if you can believe. If you believe. I love the answer, though. And I think this, this answer of this man has just, you know, it's been a matter of study for hundreds of years. Well, what does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? I suppose maybe all of us have our interpretation, but immediately the man is said to have said to him with tears in his eyes, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You say, well, how could you believe and unbelieve at the same time? You know, there's a natural side and a spiritual side. I believe that his spirit man was reaching out to Jesus and was going, oh, Uh, Yes, Lord, I I believe my unbelief. How do you know that you've got a brain? You've got a mind. You've got, you know, something that works against you. And many times when, when we're wanting so to this, this gets in our way. Lord, I believe I, I accept you. I know, I know what you've been doing. Help my unbelief. Help my, help my mind. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't even respond to that. He just turns and he rebukes this devil and he says you deaf and dumb spirit I command you come out of him and never return never return Lord I believe Jesus said to him I can help him if you can believe the spirit cried out convulsed him and and came out of him and he became as one dead many of them said he's dead he just like he's out. Jesus knew he wasn't dead. Jesus reached out and he took him by the hand and lifted him up and he rose. And of course the child was totally healed totally, totally delivered. A time for healing. There's a time for healing. And that time for healing is that time when there's, there's a crossing. When you, you may force, you may force the The intersection, you may push for the intersection. It's not necessarily some old divine time that's just set in the sovereign will of God. Oh, well, you know, when it's God's time. No, it's as you cross the realization and your faith reaches out to believe that time for healing is created and you and I can receive. We can receive at that moment. There could be a miracle that can happen in our lives. Could somebody give me an amen? Amen. I remember. I, I, I'll never forget I, um, uh, the story of Scott. You guys, some of you have heard me tell the story so many times, but but you know, I never grow tired of telling it because it, to us it is such a such a testimony of the power of God. But when he was when he was a small boy, um, he, he was he was a sickly sickly small boy, you know, and um, he, he he was constantly with. Infections, respiratory infections, allergies, uh, uh, int- you know, um, digestive, in- digestive uh, problems, you know, it was just it was constant. We talk about three, four and five years old, maybe even been earlier than that. But I don't remember. I don't remember. I just remember those little bit old toddler times. And he was always sick. We take him to the doctors <clears throat> over and over. And, uh, you know, the doctor gave him medicine. And, you know, he'd kind of get him up a little bit and then go back down there, But he never was healed. And they, they said, well, what did we do for him? There wasn't anything. They didn't know anything to do. They don't know how to heal the allergies. They didn't know how to heal, you know, the allergies even to food, the stuff that he would, you know, eat. He would throw it, he would throw it up. Sick all the time. Sinus drainage, you know. Uh, so they said, well, the only thing that we can do for him is, you know, maybe another climate, you know, Move. Well, we did live in Pasadena, so that, <laughs> yeah, that may have helped if we'd moved. But uh, anyway, that was one of their solutions. But we couldn't move. You know, that was where we lived. That's where it was our job. It was our home. Uh, Well, move, you know, or and uh, then they said, well, he's going to have to have tubes in his ears and we're going to have to watch those and keep those in and and to kind of drain that. And we're going to have to take out his tonsils and take out the adenoids and, you know, and all that stuff. And maybe that'll help him some. And Monica, now Monica was serving the Lord strong. I, I was kind of an observer at that time, but she was she was serving the Lord strong. And we were going to a church there in Pasadena, First Assembly of God. But uh, she said, she told me, she said, you know, <clears throat> it's been so long ago. I hope I have this story right. She can maybe tell it another time and fix it if, if, I'm, if I'm wrong. But, you know, she, she said, you know, Albert said, uh, I hear that over at Brother Osteen's, uh, Brother John Osteen's, is that, you know, Brother Hagen's going to be there. And, and uh, I, we know that Brother Hagen prays for the sick and so forth. And I just feel like we ought to take him, take him over there. Well, he was scheduled the next week to have, to have his surgery. And so anyway, so we, 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 did, we bundled him up and, and I was agreeable. I can't say I was the big giant of faith. I think it was more of God moving on her. And, and so here I am I went along, we took Scott and um, sit in that, sit in that big auditorium and we listened to the word preached and, you know, Brother Hagan could preach faith like, I mean, he was just a, an apostle sent of God to preach the message of faith. And he preached on faith, stirred, stirred our faith. He stirred my faith, you know, and I'm kind of this, you know, observer, but, uh, but stirred our faith. And, and uh, so at the end of the service, there was an invitation given. Come down, you know, bring, if you're sick, come down, I'll pray for you. So we did. We grabbed a little Scott, you know, I don't remember how old he was. Was he about three or four years old? He was small. Uh, young, yeah, maybe four or five years old, took him down there and uh, uh standing in the line and, you know, really he ended up having a, I mean, that line was 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 long, it was a huge, long line. But he started at one end and he just started praying for people and doing different things. He'd lay hands on some and, you know, and sometimes, you know, people would be falling out, uh, you know, and overwhelmed by the Spirit of the Lord. Some of them didn't and just different things, and some of them he would speak to, and some of them. And then, as I recall, uh, you know, just a few people down from us, maybe ten or twelve people down from us. If I if I remember this correctly, it, it's like a diff- an anointing came on him, and he just. Do y'all ever watch Brother Hagin minister? Did anybody in here know what I'm talking about? And he just he just began to go one person to the next person, just laying hands. And all I can remember is, is he was saying to somebody, he would say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing. Be healed. Be healed. And just touching them. Boom, 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 boom. We got to, got to us. That's what he did to Scott Just he out. No big long prayer. No prophecies. No nothing. You know, no sky opened up. Just, just put his hand on him as a little boy. Be healed. Yeah, receive your healing in the name of Jesus. It so we went right on to the next person. And, uh, you know, I didn't feel any electricity. No big change. We didn't really... You know, we said, well, praise the Lord. And, uh, and so we turned around and went back. But the next day, you know, that night he was, he was the same, put him to bed the same. Uh, next day was a little better. Next day was a little better. Then on Monday, I think it was, was it Monday? And then we took him back to the doctor. They were supposed to then schedule the surgery. Actually, it was the next day. I've, I've got it mixed up. Um, I should have gotten her to tell this testimony because it's a powerful testimony. Praise the Lord. Maybe what I'll do is I'll go home and I'll get her to tell it to me again. And then I'll get it right. Praise the Lord. Then I'll have it just right. But after, you know, 40 years, you, you forget something. Uh, you know, it kind of morphs. But anyway, it was powerful. It was powerful. Next day, so she took him in, you know, and, and, and uh, the doctor looks at him. And he says, well, wow, what's, what's happened? What happened? And... Uh, Looked at his ears and his ears in his, his ears. They said, Wow, his, his ears are perfectly whole. They're perfectly well. They're just as pink and perfect. They're draining. The station tubes are fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Looked at his throat. His, his tonsils were, were perfectly normal. You know, the glands perfectly normal. And uh, he said, well, we, we just, We're not going to do any surgery. He doesn't need surgery. Well, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. And God healed him. God healed him. God healed. How did God heal him? God healed him using a man who was simply doing the process by which Jesus had set up before he left. Before he left. Amen. You say, well, you know, the story of, the, of, of Jesus healing the, the little boy who was the epileptic, you know, and the devil was tormenting him. Well, that was while he was here. We can understand while he was here. But No. We have a real life story of how Jesus healed somebody after he'd already ascended into heaven. How did he do it? He did it by using somebody simply believing in his name. If you can believe in my name, you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what he said. That's what he said. Lay Hands on the sick and they'll recover. That intersection. It can happen anytime. I'm here to tell you this morning there's for some of you, this is your time. This is the time to intersect, to come into contact with that spirit world, the Lord Jesus, who's in that spirit world and who wants to touch us all the time. He wants to touch us. He wants to heal us the same as he did in the four gospels. He wants to do it today. He wants to heal the crippled. He wants to heal the blind. He wants to heal those who have uh, skin conditions. He wants to heal those who have tumors or cancers. He wants to heal th- those who are lame. A- a- they've had accidents, they've had hurts, things that are, have degenerated, diseases that are in their body. He wants to do that. You Master, well, you're just getting all out there and getting everybody's hope up. I listen, I hope I could get your hope up. I wish I could if I could get your, if I could get everybody's hope. And then we could have our faith stirred to believe. Just like they received in the New Testament, we could receive what God has for us. Can I have an amen? Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, says, He was wounded. He was wounded for our transgressions. Wounded, what do you mean? He was pierced for our sins, our transgressions. He was pierced. He was, the word means like to, to bore. To drill, to drill hole. He was wounded, pierced for your sins. And he, he doesn't want you living in sin. He doesn't want you to be controlled by sin. And as surely as you can believe that he's, he can cause you to be born again. And sin can be annihilated out of your life. There's something else that can be annihilated out of your life too. Amen. Wounded for our transgression. Bruised for our iniquities. It means like to be beat. To like take with the fist. Or to kick he was bruised, wounded for our iniquities, iniquities, that evil, that rebellion that dominated our lives. Amen. The chastisement, which is just a word for punishment. The punishment of our peace was laid on him. The punishment. He bore the shame. He, 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 he bore the indignity for, for all of those things that would worry you. Caused you to fret, cause you to live in anxiety, cause you to have mental problems and emotional conditions. All of that was laid on him. And the Bible says, and by his stripes, we're healed. By his stripes. I want you to think of it this way. The word stripes, you know, we think of the whip. Yes, 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 yes. But do you know what that word means? By the cuts. He was cut. So you don't ever have to cut. So you don't have to be sick. So you don't have to bear disease. He created things like he created eyes for one man. Listen, he created eyes for one man who had been blind from birth. Created quite a stir. But that's the kind of Jesus that he was. He was cut. He was cut. That we could be well and we could be whole. Oh, I stir my faith this morning. I stir my faith because there are things uh, that I need in my own life. I need my own body. I stir my faith to believe in the healing Jesus. Amen. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make opportunity for the Lord to do in our lives um, what he wants to do, what he died to do. And that is to bring healing and health and wholeness to us in Jesus name. So I'm just going to simply do this. I'm going to simply just ask if you, if you, have, if you need prayer for any sickness in your body, I'm just going to ask you, uh, uh, the, the ushers are going to help me here, but I'm going to ask you just make a line across here, however many of this come. If there are one comes, if there's no comes, but if there's 10 or 20 or 30 comes, then we're going to pray for you. And I'm not saying I'm going to take you know uh, a long time to pray a long prayer over you because our faith is stirred in the healing Jesus. Either Jesus heals us or we don't get healed. You know, when, when, when that lame man was, uh, was healed there at the gate, beautiful, they tried to blame it on Peter and John. And they asked him, they says, well, tell us, how did you heal him? And they said, he said, they said to him, listen, we, did, we didn't heal him. You got it wrong. We did not heal this man. They said, well, how did he get healed? They said, because of the name of Jesus and because we had faith in the name. And that's what we have this morning is we have faith in the name of Jesus. And so whatever it is, you know what is going on in your life. Come specific. You know what you need from the Lord. I'm going to come by you. Monica and I are going to come by you. And we are simply going to lay our hands on you. Because that's what the scripture said. they lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And my expectation is that God will do his part. We're going to do our part. God's going to do his part. All you have to do is do like, do like the, the, the man did Did Jesus told him. He says, I'm able... I'm able. I can do it. I can help you. I can help you. All you have to do is believe. You just believe. Let your faith have stirred the place to believe this morning. And let's watch Him do miracles. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. Those of you who are still sitting, you you know, now be a, be a participant with us. Believe with us. Amen? And just worship the Lord. Just keep your mind on God. Don't let it drift off. You know, we're still early. Don't let it drift off too far here. Let's just, let's just believe with things. And we're going we're gonna to believe the Lord to do miracles. Amen. Praise the Lord. Honey, let's start on this end down here. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We'll get to you just as soon as we can, okay? And if it gets real late, you know, we'll stop and dismiss everybody. Praise the Lord. Here we go over here. Praise the Lord. Watch my mind, guys. Thank you, Lord. just just two or three minutes, just two or three minutes and I'm going to let you go. Lord, we just give you praise and glory. Those of you who were prayed for, I want you to spend this time just, just two or three minutes just thinking, Lord, I thank you you've touched me. Jesus, I thank you that you've touched me. And I have touched the spirit world this morning. And I thank you that you've released your healing power in me. And I am well and I'm whole and I'm sound. And thank you, Father, that you're taking care of me. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just praise you. Hallelujah. We thank you that you're so real and so personal. Thank you, Lord Jesus, and so powerful. There is nothing possible with you, oh Lord. Hallelujah. So, my Lord, if we could see all of the things that you've done and then we could experience, hallelujah, all of the miracles that you're in the process of of uh, taking care of, of all of the people's lives, oh Lord. Yeah. Oh, what a testimony it would be. What a, what a testimony. What a testimony. What a Sunday we would have, Lord, as we just stood and, and we gave you glory and honor individually for it. But Lord, we give our praise to you. We give our worship to you and our thanksgiving to you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving your life that may be, may be well. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I pray you have one absolutely fantastic way. Praise the Lord. And, you know, as I encourage people, a lot of times we've been prayed for, it, cooperate. Cooperate with your with your healing, cooperate with it. You say, well, what do I have to do? Yet, yeah, What you do is you stay, you stay looking, you stay in faith, you stay, praise the Lord, giving him glory and honor and uh, thanking him for what he's done in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. That just cooperates with it. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you so much. You're dismissed. Hallelujah.